Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hi, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Shelf Logic. My name is Alyssa. And I'm Corbin. And we are going to try to convince each other to read some of our favorite books that we've read this year. Um, this is going to be very interesting because Corbin and I both have very different tastes in books. <laughs> very different. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Hit me with your number one, please. Oh, my number one. You ready? Really ready for this? I'm sure you've heard this countless times over the last couple of years, but... If you haven't read a book by J.D. Robb, now is the time for you to start. You could start with number one, which came out a long time ago, back in 1995, called Naked and Death. Or you could start with the... Wasn't that the year you were born? Well, it wasn't that long ago then. But yes. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Okay. (laughs) Maybe. You can start there. (laughs) We can start with her latest book, Shadows and Death, which just came out last week. That is the 51st book in this series. Have you read that one yet? I just finished, like, I mean, that, that was pure sarcasm. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I enjoyed <laughs> it. I really did. And it follows the protagonist. Her name is Eve Dallas. She is a police detective in the year 2058. No, now we're in 2061. But anyways. It, it, My goodness. Okay. Yeah. It, it's futuristic murders that her and her rich businessman, husband Rourke, solves together. And each one is interesting. I like the pace. It's really more of a romantic suspense type of book, although it has mystery elements in it, um, sometimes it actually comes at you from the antagonist point of view. So you already know where it is and you're just trying to wait for the, you know, inevitable confrontation. But those books grip me with the way that um, J.D. Robb, who also, in case no one noticed, her name is um, Nora Roberts. No, what? I know, right? (laughs) Um, She really builds up these characters that even ones that I personally dislike, I've just grown to accept as a part of my reading experience, knowing how Ward is going to react, knowing how Eve is when it comes to not drinking everyone's coffee or the fat cat that they live with or the butler. And you build these cast of characters or Rob has done that while also adding new elements here and there over the years that it's a series that you can fall into and instantly feel like you've been reading them from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing I've liked. It doesn't really matter what book you start with. Mm-hmm. Just understand the basic elements of the detective, her husband, they solve crimes together. And that's it. Hmm. With that being said, Shadows and Death is really interesting. I don't want to spoil anything, but there is a mysterious new villain antagonist who has ties to Eve's husband and their past. Huh. Exactly. And he is coming at the family in a way that is making them at the close ranks and come together. And it's very satisfying. I definitely recommend it. It will be here. It's, it's in our system, but there's a nice holds list. I'm also number 30 on that, too. Why am I sharing? I don't know, but I want to read it again. <laughs> <laughs> but read it. We have a ton of J.D. Robb books. They're bestsellers in that series. Check it out. Um. So for those of you listening, <laughs> you probably don't realize this or you probably haven't picked it up. Corbin loves J.D. Robb. Oh Anything gosh. J.D. Robb, he will read yes. over and over and over again. Yep. I don't know how many times he's bought the same copies of the same title from <laughs> J.D. Robb. <laughs> But he loves her so much that I have a interesting question for you, Corbin. Really? Yes, hit me um, with your least favorite J.D. Raw book. Okay, so I guess I have to start with a story, a short one. I <laughs> there's never a short story. <laughs> I'm gonna make it short. I actually fell into the in depth series J.D. Rob from a patron. 
um, from the Maricopa County Library District. And I started with just a random one. It was called Calculated in Death. And then it was Secrets in Death. That was one I loved. And then I said, you know what? I need to start at the very beginning. And so I picked up number one called Naked in Death, and I hated it. <clears throat> like, absolutely hated it. Just, it was so much wrong with it. Even the way that J.D. Robb built up the characters and how they were just... It was unsettling. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. Check it out, if you will. But I just didn't enjoy that. And I'm so glad I started when I did. Because I started with number one. Mm, I don't think I would have went on. But number one would be my worst. I think that it's almost like riding a bike. The first the first, the first, first trip is kind of rough. Mm-hmm. And then you build and it gets better and better. And, and now you're a, a bike riding expert. And that's what I think J.D. Robb is. The okay. bike riding expert of books. Okay. So... I know that you love nonfiction. Oh, yeah. So much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm recommending Finding Freedom, which is the Megan and Harry tell-all book by, I think it's pronounced Ahmed Scooby. Who are Megan and Harry? The Royals. Oh. The Royals, Her Royal Highness. Oh, wow. Okay. I Harry, was... Prince of Wales. No, is it Prince of Wales? I, I, I'm not good. Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Oh, I think. Meghan Markle. Yeah. Her. Any of these hitting? A Lifetime movie, Meghan Markle, yes. It, no. She was in a Lifetime movie. I saw it. With um, Tiffany Smith, who's a comic person. Anyway, yes. No. <laughs> okay, royal family. Okay, so it's about the royal family. <laughs> All right. And um, I don't know if you know this or not, but mm-hmm. Meghan and Harry yeah, Megan and Harry are no longer in the royal family. What? So they left. So oh. um, welcome to 2020. They are not part of the royal family anymore. Oh, wow. They actually live in L.A. now. So, um, it kind of follows them and like how Megan was treated in the family, what William and Kate, who mm-hmm. is, William is Harry's brother. So William was the prince? Mm. They're both princes. But now he's just Will. No. The, no, 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 no. Harry and Megan oh. are not part of the oh, royal family. <laughs> or William and Kate are still like Williams. So he's just Harry. Going now. to be just Kate. Just a random guy. And he's just Harry. Interesting. He's just Harry, Harry. Harry, Harry. Harry, Harry. Harry, Harry. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> so cool. it's a very interesting story. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm someone who loves drama. No. And there's a lot of drama in that book. Ah, uh, okay. But it, like, I've never been, like, the biggest Meghan Markle fan. Like, mm-hmm. she, she's cool or whatever. Wasn't she an episode of CSI or something? She was an actress. She is an actress, yeah. Still? Well, um, I guess now. Well, she did do the Disney Plus um, Elephants narration. Oh. Oh. Oh, I watched it. It was good. Okay. She has a very soothing voice when she narrates. It's very cool. Gotcha. Um, but I forgot what I was saying. Talking about the book, um, Giving Freedom, Fighting Freedom, what? What was it called? Finding Freedom Finding. by Omid Scooby, for those of you that want to actually read it and know who the royal family is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Finding Freedom. It was very good. Um, like I said, I wasn't that big of a Meghan Markle fan, but it actually made me sympathize with her for mm. everything that she went through. Um, Girl's been through a lot. Mm. Kudos to her because, my goodness, it it was rough. But definitely interesting. Um, I do audiobooks, so I did the audiobook of that one, which is read by the author. Mm. So good. I loved it. Like, I finished it in 24 hours, and that never happens. Wow. Ever. Okay. Ever. Unless it's a picture book. I will finish a picture book. Uh, I would imagine that you would. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, my next book is called Lying in Wait. It's by Liz Nugent, and it concerns a a happy, loving couple, Lydia Fitzsimmons and her husband, Andrew, and one's a judge, and the other works from home, and they're 
They have a, a son. They're living a great life. But unbeknownst to a few outside of their household, the husband and wife come into murder. And it happened to be someone that they considered was a nobody. You know, she was very much into drugs, the person they offed. And they were like, okay, you know what? It happened. No one cares. We're not really sure. It doesn't matter. Like, we'll clean it up and nobody will miss her or discover what happened. But what they don't know is that she had a sister. And the sister's name is, is Karen. And Karen is... Like the Karen? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that one. I like this Karen. But no. Karen was one who... She saw her sister kind of go down this path. And she wasn't from them. But she was determined to find out what happened. She knew there was more to the story. And so she's trying to dig. And the son of, uh, of Andrew and Lydia, his name's Lawrence. And he's bullied a lot. He's a little... You know, for his uh, appearance and being a little out of shape and, and, and kind of being made fun of in that way, or at least that's how he's perceived. And so he feels kind of pushed away even from his house. Like he lives there and, and they love him, but it's kind of a distance there. Karen and Lawrence end up crossing paths. And Karen knows that Lawrence knows more than he lets on about the family. Bum, bum, bum. And as they start digging more, you can just see this marriage and this everything about this start to unravel. And there's layers to it in the ending. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, I highly, highly recommend it. I read it and I put it back on hold, checked it back out a little bit later. I read it when it first came out. And it came in the last year. And then... Had to reread it again because it is so well written. And hmm. Nugent does a great job of building suspense and, and, and flushing out that characterization. And then as the elements kind of kind of wind together, it starts to unravel in this really eloquent way that I enjoyed. So Lying in Wait by Liz Nugent is a great book. I think you might like it because of the well-written storytelling. It's kind of dark, but in a good way. But, I mean, I do like kind of dark books. Okay. This, this might be... Has she written anything else? I haven't read anything else from her. You know what's funny? It didn't get me in the way that I was like, oh, I need to read more of her work. Mm -hmm. I just ran across a horror mystery suspense book list, and I was reading it, and I saw that one. I checked it, and I, I enjoyed it. But, I mean, let's do some more research here on the fly. <laughs> uh, she did write a book called Unraveling Oliver. Oh, wait a second. I did read that. <laughs> that was pretty interesting, too. She wrote that? What? Okay. Well, there you go. Unraveling Oliver was her first book. I enjoyed that. I love this one a lot better. Interesting, because usually people like the first one better. Yeah, I... I but you're not a first book kind of guy, because no, this is the second time in I'm, this podcast that you said you don't like the first book. Nope, not a first book type of person. I'm a theme type of person. I find a book matching what I want to read at the time, and then I... And if I like it, I'll read more. But I like starting at the beginning. I used to even start reading my books in the middle of the book to find out if I wanted to read it. You're weird. Because the beginnings can be so rough. It's like, <laughs> Hello. Or whatever. And then just, like, not be lost in me. But if I'm already reading, I'm like, ooh, you know, I like this so much. I'm going to start at the beginning. I don't do it anymore, but I used to. Oh, that's an interesting take on a book. Yeah. They say don't judge a book by its cover. I say don't judge a book by its opening pages. Judge it by, like, the 45th. Hmm. Mm hmm. Hmm. I'm not mad at that. Word of it. Okay. Nugget. So, my second one is called Such a Fun Age by, I think it's pronounced Kylie Reed. Mm. Um, 14 was a good age. Is that... No. We weren't awkward talking pause. about it. We weren't talking about it. I thought we were talking about such a good age. It, awkward pause. No, that's the title of the book. Oh. Mm. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. Anyways. Um, it's a it's kind of a another 
dramatic book. Of course. But, okay, so the reason I picked it up was because of the cover. Okay. It, it has this very pretty, like, royal blue cover with pink writing. Is this another royal blue? No, it is not. Oh. No, royal blue is just a deep blue color. Like indigo. Please stop talking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but um, it follows this girl who babysits for this family um, at a younger age and kind of follows her through the next couple years of her life where she falls in love and uh, this guy that she's dating and falls in love with has a relation to her employers, but uh, not in the way that you think. So it kind of takes some weird twists and turns, and there's mm. a couple dramatic scenes that I was just like, ooh, oh my god, I love this. But, um, you know, I, I do have a taste for the drama. Yeah, of course. So, all for the tea. I know. So if it's a little bit dramatic, I will always read it. But um, it was a really good book. I know that it was like one of those Reese Witherspoon um, book club books. Oh, got you. But it's so good. Okay. Like, and I had never read anything by this author. And like, I was just looking for something to read. Honestly, I was kind of bored. So I just kind of was like, oh, this looks cool. I'll just start reading it and immediately got sucked in. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. It's like that. Um, it was very interesting, and it has a little twist at the end. So definitely, definitely something to check out. Um, it's not mystery or anything like that. It's just a general genre book, but mm. still so good. So okay. good. Highly recommend. I might look into that. Hit me All with right. your next one. Um, this is by – okay, the author is Meg Gardner, and she has this series that is called The Unsub Series. Actually, soon to be made into a TV series, which – is great and also rather weird because the best comp that I can come up with to the Unsub series is basically Criminal Minds. So I feel like a TV series of this series would be Criminal Minds because it's already there. Gotcha. But it concerns an FBI analyst. Her name is Caitlin Hendricks. And the first book in this series, also one I actually, I guess I could say moderately enjoyed, was called Into the Black Nowhere. And it was really developing her character. She's someone who is basic tropes of someone, you know, uncovering mysteries, dealing with a complicated personal life and both in the past and in the present, while also trying to stop horrible murders from happening in different parts of the country. And In the Dark Corners of the Night came out this past, did it come out in 2020? It's been such a long year. I feel like I read this last year. What month are we in? Exactly. <laughs> um, like, I feel like I read this last year, but no, I'm wrong. It came out in 2020. Wow. Wow. Okay, well, anyways, what I know about it is that the killer in this book, his name is the Midnight Man. And what he does is he obviously comes to people's houses at midnight. And he takes care of the parents, but leaves the children as witnesses of what happened. And at the, usually they're like, it, it's, it's a dark book, I have to say. Like, it's pretty dark. But like they're pretty young, and so they're trying to like articulate what happened, and they can't. And... Caitlin is called in for another case, and she's wrapped up in this. It's instantly one of the darkest, twisted cases she's ever had to deal with that not only affect her professional life, but also personally. Because as Midnight Man sees that there's more attention, he or she starts to become more enamored with what they can do to further escalate the situation. And it finally comes down to an ending that, again, was, was pretty strong, but a story that lasted for a while. And... Again, I say direct comp, Criminal Minds. If you like that show or watch that show, then this book is for you. If you did not like it, I would suggest not opening it because it does have... I'm just going to say it. Like, 
there's certain book episodes that can remind you watching. You're like, whoa, that was that, was that a took lot. a turn exactly. But then again, like I'm the I'm the dude at my you know of my family that loves that stuff and like. I've watched all nine seasons, or 12, or 13 now of Criminal Minds. No, it's been 12. The point being, <laughs> um, so for me, it was something that I was immediately attracted to, and Gardner does a great job writing it again, developing the characters, even in moments of straight terror. Usually in the beginning of the book, as you set the stage for the antagonist and just how horrific these crimes are. But satisfying, great suspense, and I, I really think that um, fans of Criminal Minds or Crime Thrillers would enjoy that one. And you said you like a little dark, a little drama. It has a little drama, kind of dark. And I think, you know what, this might be, aside from the cover, up reality. Oh, okay. Question, though. Is it, like, very detailed in the bloody glory? It can be. Not always. It's not like one of There's some books I've read that are very in that way. No. Oh, okay. But it, it, it's not like J.D. Robb. She writes hers. Again, I have to bring it back to her. <laughs> murder scenes are, are pretty direct you know moments of going into it as needed but pretty direct and there's other writers I'm not gonna negatively call them out but they are very explicit and yeah I the, don't want to know that you know he took the knife to your forehead and then just started going all the way yeah, down your yeah. body over every, people don't yeah, like no. You. No, no. no 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 and no. so Gardner she's tasteful with it but there are moments where you know it might get a little dicey yeah okay that seems I say it's worth a try. I'm trying to convince you to read it. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. I I just want to be prepared. Of like, course. Should I prepare myself for the deep letting? Are you taking out your own spleen? Yeah. or okay. Danny Robb, E.E. for everyone. Yeah. And then e Meg Gardner and, and Liz Nugent, uh, uh, you know, R for restricted. I thought it was T for teens. No, we're not restricted here. T for teens. I'm not a video game person. Neither am I. Proceed with caution. We'll use a driving analogy. I like that one. All right. All right. So my next one for you, you're going to love this. Really? So much. Uh Uh-oh. It's a very short read. I'm going to need you to Google it while we're on the podcast. All right. It's called We Don't Eat Our Classmates by Ryan T. Higgins. And I want to see your face when you see the picture. We Don't Eat Our Classmates by... Ryan T. Higgins. Oh, absolutely not. It is a picture book. (laughs) That is super cute. It's this little dinosaur, and Ooh. he goes to class like everybody else, mm-hmm. and he has to learn that people are not food, kind of like fish are friends, not food type thing. Ah, yeah. It is so cute. Ooh. I loved it. Like, I would read it during story times. So it was so cute. So it's a picture book. It is a picture book. Um, it is for, for little ones, so you can read it as a night-night story, but oh, well, I, um, yeah. as I'm sitting here wrapped up in a blanket... But it is so cute, and the illustrations are adorable, and it has a really good heartfelt lesson in the middle. So um, just, you know, something if you're looking to distract yourself for a couple minutes. It's so cute. And there's a couple other ones, too. Um, and they're all like, we don't eat. Insert oh, so here. it's a series. It's a, it is a is series. Is it a number one? Because I just told you I am by number ones. Uh, no. Kidding. <laughs> I it might be, but for your sake, I'm gonna go. You're just no. gonna say no. Okay, I get that. All right. Um. Well, I guess I'll get to my next one. I didn't realize how many of my books followed a certain theme of murder. Mm, sort of, not really. Survival is how I like to call it. Survival. Murder. The optimist. Yeah. Okay. So this one is actually a, a classic, if you will. Author Scott Smith. The book's called The Ruins. And this is not his first book. His first book was A Simple Plan, which is a bestseller, and I actually enjoyed that book. Isn't that, like, the name of a group? Possibly. I feel like there's... Yeah. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah. 
Probably. Go on. But this book, it follows two um, American couples. They're vacationing in Mexico, and they go join their friends on an impulse to visit a site of, you know, fabled archaeological archaeological ruins. Eh? Let's check out old (laughs) graves and see what we can find there. And as you would expect from such a safe-sounding adventure, things go wrong. And this group of friends are forced to not only battle what they're dealing with and trying to be as vague as possible in the ruins, but also themselves as desperation sets in. And they realize that we're probably not getting out of this alive. And it's a survi- It's one of the, the first, I want to say, survival horror books or survivalist horror. And you see a lot of movies. In fact, The Ruins was made into a film later. All sorts of, I mean, any of, I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head and I'm failing. But, you know, a group of friends go to XYZ of Shady Place and realize that wasn't a great idea. And now we need to try to survive. And this book is one of the first. Uh, but I really enjoy, again, I'm a sucker for that type of theme. But it also has to be done right. And Scott Smith does a good job in, in a different way than Gardner and Nugent in that they built up these characters and kind of fleshed them out. And Scott introduces each one, gives them a minute as as he's into his narrative, and then over the course of time, maybe touch back a little bit more to kind of further flesh out who they may be in terms of how relative they are to the story moving forward. So, you know, a mysterious friend who came in and said, hey, come check out the sea, and then he immediately gets gobbled up by a tiger. Let's just say it. Introduces him a little bit. Hey, he thought it was a good idea. It wasn't. Moving on. And his type of writing, almost like a breezy type of read for something that is quite simply terrifying, drew me in and kept me reading through the end. And so that's another one I've enjoyed. Again, not a new book, but one I've read this year. I think it came out in like 2005, but really good. I would highly recommend it, especially if you're into, again, those types of books or movies. Survivalist horror is the best way I can describe it. So for those of you keeping track at home, uh, that is book number four that Corbin has recommended. That was not the first book written by the author. I got to stay, yeah. Consistent. I got to keep it it consistent. You're right. I got to go with the the second book. Actually, with Meg Gardner, it's the third book of each author. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my next book that I would like to recommend to you is by um, an author that is very hard to get a book by within our system. Um, Mm. If you are on hold on Overdrive, you'll be waiting for the next six months. But we do have hard copies of the the books. So uh, it's Brene Brown. And if you've ever seen her do it, she's a researcher and she kind of looks into, you know, why does somebody do this? And why do we feel the emotions we feel? And is it okay to feel these emotions? She had a TED talk that was amazing. And she also um, has her own thing on Netflix Mm -hmm. that she talks about. She also has podcasts and things like that. Um, But it's very eye opening to read some of her books. Uh, The one that I'm recommending is called Rising Strong. And it's really good. It talks about, um, you know, how to be a strong person and what to do when you're feeling these emotions and why are you feeling these emotions and what's going on in your head. It's very, it's a self-help book. Mm. Um, Not saying that you need help. You might. So um, she's also written books like The Gift of Imperfections. Um, I don't know if you've ever read any of those, but it, it just gets into your psyche And that's something that I've been trying to do this year is just like trying to find books that help me find me 
Mm -hmm. I guess would be a good way to to put it. But if you don't end up reading that book, definitely watch her her Netflix documentary or her TED Talk or something along those lines because Mm -hmm. it's really good and, you know, very – makes me feel good. It's a feel-good book. It's a feel-good book. You know, I like feeling good. I like feel-good things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like Mm -hmm. that. And and repeat the title one more time. It is Rising Strong by Brene Brown. Rising Strong. Okay. Yeah. Got you. All right. So my last book is, it's a dark, funny book. It's not even really, it's it's a nonfiction book. Um, The author is Lydia Kang and the book is Quackery. 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 Q-U-A-C-K-E-R-Y. A Brief History of the Worst Way to Secure Everything. <laughs> and I enjoy, I mean, Lydia Kang is a doctor. Um, and what I enjoyed in this book is this is this dark humor. It's, it's funny, but she tracks human history to find the weirdest and craziest things that people of whatever time period thought was great for medicinal purposes, for whatever the case may be. So oh, no. if you have a crying baby, well, I prescribe morphine. If, to a baby? To a baby. Oh. <laughs> if you have, you know, for for, for whatever reason, liquefied gold was was thought to help with immortality. And so oh, that, sure. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, obviously everyone knows Coca-Cola and the secret ingredient back in the day that they thought would make it, you know, special for headaches and other things to boost your esteem and make you stronger, you know, make you hallucinate doing work. (laughs) Exactly. And so this goes all types of just straight medical malpractice and misfires from, you know, the course of history that are just hilarious to look back in retrospect, but like I'd possibly be horrified to live back then, (laughs) you know, like, Oh, you're, you're, you're having a fever and you're, you know, let's just give her more water, give her more water. All right. But, like, wasn't there a thing, and I don't mm. know if they mentioned this in the book, but, mm. like, if a baby's teething, like, you put brandy on your yeah. finger or something yeah. like that? they had that. I mean, it was all sorts of, I mean, there's some things I can't even say on the podcast, like, but one that I think is hilarious in terms of a treatment that I thought would be very helpful that is so not, not something you would do now. <laughs> um, but it's really funny. Uh, it's a pretty decent-sized book, but it's not, it's not a hard read by any stretch of the imagination. And I think you get a kick out of it in terms of finding some humor. The author herself is funny, and the material just on its face is hilarious, even while being like, wow, I could only hope for some of those back then. <laughs> but um, yeah, Quackery, really good book, you know, history of the worst ways to cure everything. And I think that is something you'd enjoy by Lydia Kang. I am so intrigued right now by That's that a fun one. one. That was one of my favorites. That is, I like it. Oh, man. I just finished it two weeks ago, See, too. now I'm going to, like, take a left turn into something depressing. Uh-oh. And that... Okay. Actually, yeah, let's... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm heart, disheartened for the listeners, but, you know, I, I'm like... <laughs> Um, so my last recommendation is called The Only Plane in the Sky Ooh. by Garrett, Garrett Graff. Okay. Um, it's a fairly new book. I want to say it was either this year or last year it came out, but it retells what happened on 9-11 mm. between everything. Um, The Only Plane in the Sky refers to when President Bush was flying back to D.C. from um, the school that he was reading at. Because it was literally the only plane in the sky at that time. They had grounded all the flights. Um, If you listen to the audio book, they have the recordings from um, flight attendants, air 
traffic control and all that stuff. And it's, it's heart wrenching to listen to. Um, it, it took me probably the whole three weeks I had it to get through it because I just had to stop at some points. Cause it was, I was in second grade, I think when, right. Second. Yeah. Second grade when, mm-hmm. uh, the, the towers got hit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I have some recollection of it, but not a whole lot as mm-hmm. I was a small child, mm-hmm. but, uh, just listening to it is gutting, I guess would yeah. be a good word. Um, but very enlightening because it talks about things that happened in the Pentagon that no one really knows about or talks about. I mean, we know about the twin towers, but I feel like more is known about the Twin Towers than was known about the Pentagon mm-hmm. um, or the flight that went down in Pennsylvania or things like that. So it kind of goes through that whole entire day and uh, talks about the firefighters and first responders that responded to the Twin Tower uh, terror attack and uh, how they're doing today, whether or not they're alive, uh, the toll it took on their lungs and their health. Because, I mean, at, at that day no one knew the long lasting effects that this would have Mm -hmm. on the first responders, the country, everything of that sort. So Mm -hmm. it, uh, it was a very interesting book. I don't really read books like that, but I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I I couldn't stop reading. Wow. Yeah. I definitely might check that out. I've as a rule kind of stayed away from nine 11 only because my family were pretty close and even living up there during the time and, but yeah, I understand. Obviously, it was a significant event, and the material that's come out since then, yes, it brings you back into that situation from the eyes of people who were, you know, also there. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, I mean, just from learning. Yeah, it, it was I more of a, a an educational. Yeah, even yeah, educational experience. experience. Yeah. So I understand that. I will possibly have to give that a look as well. Yeah, I appreciate that. Okay. So. Yeah. That took such a left turn, and I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're just going to recap the books that we recommended today. So for me, it was Finding Freedom by Omid Scobie, uh, Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed, Rising Strong by Brene Brown, The Only Plane in the Sky by Garrett Graff, and We Don't Eat Our Classmates by Ryan T. Tiggins. Okay, and then for me, it's the entire in-depth series. By J.D. Robb. but of <laughs> You could read Shadows in Death, which is number 51, or Naked in Death, which is number one, or anyone in between. Thankful in Death, Calculate in Death, Secrets in Death, whichever you like. Dying in Death, Di- in Death. They don't have that death, one yet, but, but it ends, yes. Beneath in Death, okay. Ruins in Death. <laughs> All of that. Then <laughs> you have Lying in Wait by Liz Nugent, The Dark Corners of the Night by Meg Gardner, uh, The Ruins by Scott Smith. Quackery. Oh my goodness, I just forgot her name. Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh. One second. This Corbin, you had one job. I know, I know. One um, job, dude. I'm going to get it right now. I'm going to get it right now. No, you're not. I am. In Are three. You? Yeah, yeah. Two. Like, uh, one. Quackery by Lydia Kang. <laughs> you're a mess. There we are. And those are the five. So I'll say it over time. Quackery by Lydia Kang. Lying in Wait by Liz Nugent. Dark Corners of the Night by Meg Gardner, The Ruins by Scott Smith, any of the in-depth series by J.D. Robb. Boom. Boom. Boom, boom. Well, that's it for today's podcast, and thank you for joining us. And all of these books can be found at mcldaz.org. Yep, yep. And we'll be back 
probably within the next couple of weeks with another podcast where Corbin says something weird. I oh say something God. funny. <laughs> That's how you like to look at it, but we, well, we, I mean, okay, we'll be back soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.